Welcome to Just Another Podcast. Hey! I've been around the block a couple times before. I've seen everything, I've seen a little more. I've done everything anyone could ever do. I've had my share of towns, and I've had my ups too. I've seen all the ways to see. I've been all the ways to be. All right, welcome back. We are less than one week away from opening day. So appreciate everybody that's listened so far, but this is getting to very close to exciting. We are very close to baseball. I am so excited for Tribe Baseball. In fact, I've locked in tickets to the first game that I will attend this year. Excited about that. Uh, So a little bit different. I'm going to try the host role this week, but have no fear. Matt is here. So let us let us jump in a little bit. I think we're going to have some interesting topics on the show today including a debate of did the last place team salary Cleveland Indians spend too much in 2021. So we'll get to that in a little bit, but first we are just about a week away and we are just about to a final roster. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start with the folks that are locked and just kind of look at how this roster has taken shape over the last few weeks since we got started. So, Matt, Wayne, how are both of you? Doing great. Thank you. Can't complain. Excited for some baseball. March Madness didn't go so well with our Buckeyes. So, let's get to baseball. March Madness didn't go well for me in many ways. (laughs) (laughs) I got a bracket still doing pretty well. Still got all my Final Four, so I'm excited about that. Good for you. Wayne, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, I got to cut the grass the other day at the stadium. So that was nice to uh, put some fresh lines and smell that freshly cut grass. And then today um, I worked on cleaning the seating bowl out. So we're getting close to baseball. Yeah. Feeling it. Feeling it. Very good. Yeah. You've had a great week of weather this week. So that's good. All right, Matt. So why don't you take us through the pitching staff so far? Uh, Who's locked in? Give us a view of what that pitching staff, st- staff looks like as, as we take. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. First off, we're going to jump into starting pitchers. We have four locks for pitchers. We got Justin Bieber's brother, obviously, as our number one opening day pitcher, Shane Bieber. Gotta love him. He's going to crush it again this year. Next up, we got our next two locks. You knew it. Zach Plezak and Aaron Savale. Awesome. Going to be crushing it this year. A couple other young guys. And then we got our boy, Lanky Tristan McKenzie. So right there, you got four guys. We knew they'd be rock solid, one through fours. Our only question mark, once again, still to this day, is that number five starter, which we're going to jump into in a little bit. Then let's jump over to our bullpen. My favorite, number 99, wild thing wannabe. Wild thing, better than B. He's better than him. James Karinchak. Excited for him again this year. We got our boy who is off the peds, off the PEDs, ready to go, Emmanuel Classe. We got Nick Wickren back and ready to go. We got our boy, 
Trevor Stefan. Yes, we got him from the Yankees in a Rule 5 draft. You heard it here in the last pod. Adam Fuoco, Phil Maton, and back and better than ever. Didn't do so well in Colorado, but he's back. Brian Shaw, and we have one roster spot left. So a lot of familiar names there for you guys. Coming back again this year. We're excited about the pitching staff. They're going to be rock solid, ready to go. Matt, rumors have it that Brian Shaw hit consistently over 97 miles an hour on the gun in spring. Can you confirm this? I can confirm. Rumor has it he only likes to pitch well for the Indians. Uh, He went somewhere else, signed a three-year $26 million contract, and just didn't like pitching outside of Cleveland. But now that he's back, he is chucking the ball with speed, ready to go, and I'm really excited to see him. We got a nice, cheap contract, and I think he gives us a lot of upside for not a lot of money this year. I'm sure that thin air that our our one listener loves so much did not help uh, Brian Shaw's cause. The last time Wayne and I saw Brian Shaw pitch in person, it wasn't the most wonderful (laughs) time of my life. When was the last time he pitched well? Well, he pitched well that day. It just post post rain delay. Brian Shaw was not good, but he he pitched well prior to the rain. I'll blame Frankie Lindor for taking a nap. <laughs> All right, but anyways, we won't linger on that. Wayne, why don't you take us through our position players and some of our locks there? All right, so obviously we got our catcher um, Roberto Perez the only guy that has signed an extension for the Indians in the last 20 years. Um, You got Cesar Hernandez at second base, uh, MVP candidate, Jose Ramirez at third, uh, the young kid, Andres Jimenez at shortstop, who has just been phenomenal uh, in the spring training this year. Eddie Rosario, um, our new and improved PED list, uh, Albert Bell, uh, and he won't argue with the fans. You got Josh Naylor, right field. Could also play a little bit of first, but with the first base issue, he'll probably end up being right field. And then obviously, Fran Mill Reyes uh, as our DH. All right, excellent. And what what about the bench? Are there any locks, or is the entire bench up for debate? Uh, Well, we've got Austin Hedges at catcher, and then you got Ahmad Rosario um, in a utility spot. Still don't know what position he's going to play exactly. They've tried him a little bit in the outfield, and he's he struggled early on. Um, but with the log jam in the infield, uh, the outfield will probably be his uh, his his home, and you'll have the Rosario brothers out in the outfield. Oh boy, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Okay, well thanks guys. That leaves us with six spots remaining on the roster that are still up for debate. Like I said, we're just one week away, so we're getting very very close. Uh, Matt already mentioned that battle for fifth starter. So it's, it's two guys we talked quite a bit about two guys that I think, I think we're excited about both. And I honestly think we'll see both at the end of this season, but Matt, why don't you tell us who those two guys are? So the two guys we're looking at are Logan Allen and Cal Quantrell. And so far we have talked about Cal and we are very excited on the pod previously but the guy who's really turning heads and is looking completely different this year is Logan Allen. So it wouldn't be surprised to me to see Logan Allen as our fifth starter. And I want to throw a curveball to you guys. What would happen if 
We started Tristan Tristan slow this year. He hasn't made a lot of starts in the past couple years. We started him slow this year. Out of the pen. Maybe started Logan and Cal as our four and five starters to warm Tristan up until he's ready. Would that be crazy or do we have something possibly here? No, I don't think it's crazy at all. Not at all. And in fact, it's why I said I think you're going to see both these guys this year. First of all, for the first few weeks of the season, with the way the off days play out, I think the Indians are going to go with four starters for the first approximately three weeks of the season. So there is that. And I really see a possibility where Tristan McKenzie skipping every spot, you know, every other start in the rotation could be a good thing for him, you know, say until June or so. Uh, he's he's never pitched a huge amount of innings. I, I know he wants to do it and, and I like it, but, you know, after the year we had last year and him not really pitching a lot of innings, I would love to see us be able to save it. And I think we have the ability to do it. I don't, Wayne, what do you think? Uh, I disagree. Um Given the fact that Tristan McKenzie is our second-ranked prospect in our system, um, he's a dark horse for a Cy Young candidacy, uh, which I'll bring up later on. Um, I just – Cal Quantrill, I think, had it. I, I think it was his to lose, and I think he lost it. Uh, he struggled, especially his last couple outings. You have to really watch what these guys are doing in spring training and kind of – not really look too much in depth in it because a lot of these guys are working on things, but he just hasn't looked good at all. And Logan Allen, um, we all, again, we all thought Cal Quantrill had it and Logan Allen had an outside chance, but I think Logan Allen has taken that over because Cal Quantrill lost it. I don't agree. I don't, or, or I don't disagree at all there. I think that's very fair. I, I do think Logan Allen does slot in as our fifth, but I, you know, Matt, I think what you're saying about the flexibility makes a, a ton of sense to me. But all right. Hey, that leaves us with one pitcher spot that was left, obviously not in the rotation. So, Matt, why don't you tell us about that? I, I think we have a, a slew of options there. So tell us who we have remaining in the bullpen. We got a couple guys, but I think it's got to be one person. We got our options are Anthony Goose, Kyle Nelson. Cam Hill and Oliver Perez, but it's got to be Oliver Perez, right? He's been on the team, reliable. He's getting up there in age, but he's a solid pitcher, and I'm going with Oliver Perez. Yeah, that's fair. I Honestly, I liked what I saw out of Cam Hill. I don't know. We never quite gave him the opportunity I would have liked to see last year. I liked what I saw out of Cam Hill. I'd be willing to give him the chance. You're, you're probably right, Wayne. Any debate there not really um i as i've talked about before too i think op is going to be there is the old guy kind of what um we had a couple years ago uh with um now his name's escaping me um that i think his name was scott something uh that he atchison atchison there you go so i i think he's going to kind of play that role uh he'll be the senior guy in the bullpen and just make sure that the staff comes along the way they need to. And um, he'll ride off into the sunset at the end of this year. But I think it's, I think it's Oliver Perez's um, spot to start. Who knows what happens moving forward, but I think it's going to be his uh, to go forward with. Okay. 
Fair enough. So that I think we feel pretty good about our pitching staff, which gives us 13 roster spots, pretty much a lock. We, I, I think we pretty much have debated our, our fielding is down to just two spots. So I think we have one battle left, which is first base, which will be a really interesting one. And a second question mark, which is kind of who's your center fielder. And as many of you know, it could be a platoon, which I, I hate to see it. Don't even want to say the word, but it certainly could be that. So, but why don't we start at first base, Matt? What are your What are your thoughts? Who are the two Who are the two guys, and and what are your thoughts there? Wayne, you want me to go first on this one? Um, all right. So, unfortunately, the way the baseball business works nowadays. It's going to be Jake Bowers. So basically, uh, with Ugh. these young guys, with yeah, I know, with these guys in their contracts, though, um, service time, um, you know, this is it's come out in the public uh, over this spring with the whole Seattle situation. But Bobby Bradley's contract, uh, as far as his service time, won't come into play um, until uh, if he doesn't start the season with us, then he doesn't have a service year lost um, if he starts in May. So I think it's going to be Jake Bowers to start. Um, I really think that they want Bobby Bradley to have that position, but they want to save his service time um, from the business end of things. Ridiculous, ridiculous. But I mean, I don't, I don't disagree that you're, I think you're right, but that is just absurd and ridiculous. All right. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's frustrating. I like and, Bobby Bradley's swag too. Yeah, a nice chain. And, and like. look, I I said on the previous pods I wanted to see Josh Naylor there. They really didn't give him much of a chance at all at first base in the spring, so it's pretty clear he's not going to be given that opportunity. So, look, as much as I am not in love with Bobby Bradley, I, I would much rather see him than. Jake Bowers, but it looks like we're going to be stuck at least for a, a few, a couple months here. And the unfortunate thing is Bobby Bradley did everything they asked him to do this off season. He got in better shape. He's in better shape than he's ever been in. He's had a very good spring, um, especially from the plate. It just comes down to the business. Yeah. All right. The second battle center field, uh, Wayne, you mentioned a name which made me cringe in center field, but why don't you tell us who we think it's going to be and, and some of the options there? Uh, it's going to be our favorite, Bradley Zimmer. No! Yeah, uh, unfortunate. I, I think they still think there's something there. I, I don't see it. Um, I know, Steve, you don't see it. Matt, I don't think you see it either, but... Um, they're not giving anyone else a chance. And it, it comes down to the whole business decision again, uh, which we'll, again, talk about here shortly. <laughs> Gentlemen, uh, yeah, yes, you know sir. who started in center field last night? Tell me. Luplo. Yeah, look, I think Luplo's got a spot. That's what's going to be really interesting here. So, Brett, you, you, got, you got some guys. I mean... We're, we're down. If Jake Bowers makes the roster, I think Bobby Bradley has to be out. So based on where we stand currently, 
that leaves one, two, three roster spots. I don't think you can carry two first basemen. You're already carrying a full-time DH. And I just don't think that leaves room to carry a second first baseman. So I think Bobby Bradley's going to have to be sent down to start. So Matt, to your point, you have Bradley, Ge- Bradley Zimmer, Ben Gamble, Jordan Luplo. I think Ahmed Rosario, as we talked, he's going to have to make this team because we don't know who the heck he is. We don't know what the heck to do with them. He's already 26. I think he has to make this team because we're going to try to trade him. We've already kind of made that clear. We're trying to trade him. So he has to make this team. So that's three guys, Zimmer, Gamble, Luplo. I think only two of those guys can possibly make this roster, which is it. Matt, any I think, thoughts? I think it was a big statement by Tito to start Luplo in center. I think he's telling us Luplo's making the team. And Ben Gamble is not. Chelly start the season. I've just I've heard so much about Ben Gamble. Um, I don't know what he's necessarily done this spring. I've just heard his name brought up quite a bit. I would rather, I think, see Luplo. Um, but it, it might be a thing, too, where they started him last night just to kind of see what he's got. But Ben Gamble's been o- only okay in the spring. Only okay, but I, I've heard a lot about him. I, Tito speaks highly of him. We'll see. That, that'll that be one of the really interesting battles. I, I think the Jake Bowers thing, I think we're all assuming it's Jake Bowers. I'm pulling for Bobby Bradley. This one here, I understand it both ways, but, you know, same thing. Gamble's a little bit younger. I, I guess I would rather just see what he has, but I'm not totally opposed to Luplo either. But but I truly think it's got to be one of those two. Is there is there any chance, Matt, that it's both of those guys and not Zimmer? I doubt it. I think we've seen too much of Zimmer this this uh, spring training to see him go down. And I don't see any way that Zimmer doesn't start the, the season on the, uh, the roster here. Now, I do have a question for you, though. You're so down on Bowers, but what do you do with him if he's the guy out of this core that doesn't make the team because he's out of options? You can't keep him. You can't who, send him down the minors if uh Who if cares? Who cares? He stinks. So you're ready to let him go. Let him go on waivers and say goodbye. Absolutely. The guy, I mean, look, the the best argument I heard for him is that he could be a late career Carlos Santana. And I was sick of Carlos Santana last year. I love the guy. I loved watching what he did. But bottom line is when they say late career Carlos Santana as a comparison, it means he's going to strike out a lot and walk a lot. And that's just not okay. It's just not okay. I mean, I love the walks. Don't get me wrong. I love the walks. I love a guy that can get on base. But lack of power and striking out as much as Jake Bowers does, I'm just simply not okay with it. I'd have no problem letting him go. Well, seems like a reasonable solution, but not one that's going to happen, unfortunately. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, I know. You're probably right. All right, but that does give us 25 roster spots. I know a couple question marks there, but that's 25 roster spots. So I think the last one comes down to, do do you carry a utility infielder or 
you, you know, and you have Ahmed Rosario, who obviously can kind of act as that utility infielder. So you, do you carry a second utility infielder, or are you going with a a fourteenth pitcher on the roster? What do you guys think? For me, that's easy. I'm taking the pitcher. We talked about Tristan McKenzie, Logan Allen, and Cal Contrell. I'm keeping all three of them on the active roster. I think that gives us a ton of flexibility, not only in starting rotation, but also in the bullpen, especially early in the season when you're giving guys, getting them warmed up. And for me, it's easy pitcher, 100%. Okay, I think we're going to have a little bit of a disagreement here. Well, okay, so originally I had said 13 and 13. And then, Steve, you've kind of swayed me towards the pitcher side being 14 and 12 given the idea that maybe they're going to start slow over the month of April and May and they want to have that additional pitcher. So I said, okay, I go with the pitcher. And then the other day I was talking to you about it and you went back the other way again to the 13 and 13. So I I don't know. Um, The one thing I'll say there, Wayne, is we do have a lot of off days. As we look at April, we have one, two, three, four, five, five off days in April, which is pretty unique for a baseball schedule. So the one thing I'll say there is we may not need to carry that 14th pitcher in April. That 14th pitcher option may come in May. Yeah. And that, that could be something too, where Logan and Allen, Logan Allen and uh, Cal Quantrell, they just kind of go back and forth, you know, one pitches uh, the one day and then he gets optioned down and Cal comes back up. So I've always felt um, you need to have a few more offensive options because for the most part, if your starting rotation is pretty good, which ours typically they are, um, you're going to get six, seven innings out of your starting pitchers. And then you're only going to need, you know, for the most part, a rotation of four or five guys in your bullpen to finish out those last two, three innings. So if you always want to have those different options, especially with us having the DH in the in the AL, which should be a, a league-wide rule, but that's a different discussion for a different day. Um, I think you need to go 13 and 13, and you have that additional uh, offensive player. Um, and I think you're looking at a guy who has also had a very good spring in Yu Chang, who can play all over the infield. I don't know about the outfield necessarily. Um, but that's where you have that Ahmed Rosario, uh, experiment. Yep. Okay. And we're going to talk a little bit more about you, Chang. I think that wraps up the roster. It kind of gives you an idea of the roster battles in this last week of spring training. Uh, we're going to take a little break here. and We're going to come right back with some very hot topics, including what I teased at the beginning, which is did the Indians pay too much in salary. So We'll be right back with that, and we'll see you guys shortly. Thanks. All right, everybody, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Now is when we get to what you've all been waiting for, the debate between us about did the Indians pay too much? If you've listened at all to our previous podcasts, you certainly know Matt Lieb's opinion that they did not pay too much. That last place in payroll is is 
disgusting. So we're going to get into it a little bit. Um, we're going to start there, but, and we're also going to explore some other topics here as we go. But, uh, Matt, why don't we start with you? So, so I'm going to outline why I think the Indians paid too much, but, but why don't we go ahead and start with you? Let, let you rant first. I don't know what you could say to make me believe that we spent too much money when we have the lowest payroll in baseball. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. The Dolans need to sell the team. They are spending less money this year than we did in a salary cap, or excuse me, uh, uh, abbreviated year last year where they only spent 50% paid out to the players because they only played 60 games. Yet here we are, $40 million later. There's tons of players that we could have got in free agency. Our bullpen, excuse me, our outfield is laughable. Someone like Jackie Bradley signed two years, $24 million. There's a lot of free agents this year that signed reasonable contracts, and yet we couldn't sign a single outfielder. We're over here debating between Bradley Zimmer and Jordan Luplo and Ben Gamble, a bunch of garbage that's not even going to hit 20 home runs combined between the three of them. It's embarrassing. We have Jose Ramirez at third base, but besides that, we don't have much of an offense that this team is going to be hitting anything. We're going to be excited if we win games 2-1. Who's going to want to watch that? You know, it's not exciting. It's not fun. Our offense is embarrassing. Sure, we had great pitching. We've always been a good team recruiting pitchers. But the fact we spent $6 million on Cesar Hernandez and, uh, you know, we a couple dollars on uh, – uh, Rosario, it's just, it's a joke. I'm tired of it. And there's no way you can ever get me to believe that we spent too much in free agency. It's laughable. All right. So we'll see, but here's my argument. Let me lay it out for you. So my biggest thing now, as we look at this roster and as we've debated this roster over in the last couple of weeks on this podcast, we should not have signed Cesar Hernandez. He was fantastic last year. He won a gold glove. He was very solid offensively. I get all the arguments, and we expect him to be the same. A very solid offensive, great defensive guy. I get it. But as we look at the de- de- decisions now that we've been making, that we've been discussing, Jake Bowers and Bobby Bradley, Bradley Zimmer, Ahmed Rosario, Ben Gamble, Jordan Luplo, Yu Chang. As we look at all of those guys, their average age is 26, 27 years old, and we don't know who they are as MLB players. We have so much to find out about them. Yet, as I look to the the youth at second base, we have Yu Chang, who I mentioned, who's been great in spring training. Tyler Freeman and Gabriel Arias. Sure. I keep hearing the terms, you know, very cliche terms. They're one year away. Why? I get it. They're young guys. They're 21 years old, but are we ever going to find out about them? Or is this going to be Ahmed Rosario? They're going to be 26 and we're still going to be having this conversation five years from now. Who is Tyler Freeman? Who is Gabriel Arias? I'm kind of sick of it. Let's find out who they are. I I think they're very talented guys. Let's find out who they are. So that's my opinion. 
Now you bring up Jackie Bradley in the outfield. It's a very, very fair point. Would have loved to see one signing like that, but I think the youth we have on this team, including the youth in the bullpen, we don't need to spend a lot. We have great pitching. I think with, with both starters and the bullpen, we're going to have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. And we have, we have youth that I'm very excited to find out about. And so I don't think we should have spent. I think we should have found out about more of this youth. Wayne, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm going to disagree with you, Steve. And ah, in, yes. in a way, I'm going to agree with Matt. Now, I'm that's gonna, a first. <laughs> now, I'm going to make a list here that they all have something in common, okay? You got the JFK assassination. You've got the 9-11 cover-up. You've got the moon landings were fake. And then you've got the Indians and their 2023 are going to sell. All conspiracy theories out there. So basically what the, the thought is, is we don't have a single guy on our future payroll after this season. So going into the 2022 year, there is not a single guy on our current payroll. We are going to obviously have a team. We're going to have, you know, Bieber. We're going to have Jose Ramirez, maybe. Um, but these guys aren't officially under contract after this year. They all have the extension eligible. And then the city has the lease on the ballpark that ends in 2023. So... You have basically a situation that's getting set up by the Dolans where there's no lease with the city anymore. There's no money on the payroll. They're basically going to sell this team to someone and they're going to be able to do whatever they want to do with it. Now, I'm not saying they're going to move um, because I just don't think that's going to happen. But I think you are saying that. <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Wayne, you're breaking my heart over here. Enough, <laughs> no. enough. No, all I'm all I'm JFK saying JFK is dead. Is that, we landed on the moon, and the Indians are staying in Cleveland. All I'm saying is that there's going to be a new owner in here, and hopefully they spend the money. But the Dolans, I think, are done spending the money, and that's why they didn't spend the money. They're setting themselves up for sale, and they're going to try to maximize the profit instead of guessing on someone and you know maximizing their profit. So. Uh. Uh, that's that's I, I agree that I don't think they spent enough. Um, there was a few free agents out there I wish they had gone after. But if you look at the conspiracy theory and the way everything's lining up, they weren't going to spend money anyways. Oh boy! All right. Wait, I... If if his conspiracy theory is correct, there is a sub zero chance that they're going to keep the team in Cleveland if they sell the team have no lease, have no salary, and have no ties. It's They're going to move. Well, that's, no where, gonna... that's where I disagree because I know Major League Baseball in the next five years wants to expand. They want to add four additional teams. So I know that um, just in going through the discussions in the minor leagues last year, their, their plan is to expand the league with at least four teams. So I don't think the Indians are moving anywhere. How are they going to expand when they're – contracting and views attendance everything's going the wrong direction they're going to expand oh, when baseball's boy. at its worst this sounds like a discussion for the next podcast <laughs> fellas seriously all right let's ah. let's keep moving let's keep moving that's a that's a whole other can of worms so all right 
Let's talk about this one. We talked through the, all the rosters and all the decisions. Uh, Wayne, why don't we start with you quick? Which roster decision are you most disappointed and frustrated by? Yeah, Bradley Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, no question on that one. You know, I'm going to create the hashtag, let the kids play. Uh, Daniel Johnson got sent down. Bobby Bradley is going to get sent down. You talked about Freeman and Arias. Um, luckily Jimenez has made an impact enough that he's going to play. Um, but these, these kids have done everything you want them to do. Daniel Johnson is supposed to be the real deal in center field. Bobby Bradley has done more than enough to prove that he's worthy of a roster spot. And again, so, Daniel Johnson isn't a kid. I think he's 27. This is the frustrating but, part. It just it comes down to the business. He hasn't played enough time I, I in, in the major leagues to get a service time, so they're saving his contract. Yeah, fair enough. I, it's, I'm right there with you, Matt. What about you? Mine's got to be the closer role. We have my boy James Karinchek, who needs to be the closer, but yet we got other guys like Emmanuel Classe sitting around, and uh, who's the other one? Nick Wickren. Sit yes, around. We're gonna. There's no clear indication of who's gonna be the closer. And you know what we're gonna end up with, Steve? Your favorite thing: another committee at closer. And I hate it. And I think it's stupid. Uh, I mean, that's a fair point. It's a fair argument. I will say that as much as I hate committees, closer is one spot I don't mind it because what that means is you can be flexible. I I think we saw this throughout the 2016 season. What you really want is you want a great pitcher available to you in a high leverage situation. And if that high leverage situation means it's the seventh inning, so be it. Let's get whoever you want out there, out there. And know that you have strong guys behind them. Look, we'll see it. I still think Karinchek is going to get the majority of save opportunities on this team. But I do not hate the fact that Whitgren and possibly Classe are sitting there right behind him. And I absolutely agree with you, Steve. Um, although I think Whitgren will be the main guy, but I absolutely agree with you. You look at that that Royals team that went to the World Series, you look at the Yankees teams of the past, they've made it work. Um, and I think it's great to have a, a, a rotating option out there, uh, especially if all three of them can close. But fair point. Thanks for turning my argument against me, Matt. All right, but my frustration is Ahmed Rosario. We talked about this. He's 26 years old, and he's just a guy that doesn't fit. He he. We need him to make this roster because we need it to find out who he is, and we need to try and trade him. I understand all that, but the frustrating part for me is where does he fit? Jimenez is obviously slotted in really nicely at shortstop. We've signed a second baseman, so he doesn't fit there. We have an MVP candidate at third base, so he doesn't fit there. So in the outfield, he he's never played the outfield, but a couple games here in spring training, and he's been awful. So are we going to force his way in the outfield and find out who this guy is that way? I mean, what a mess for this team, and what a bad what a bad decision you have to force on Tito. I mean, you know, I, I've already kind of questioned Tito's decisions in the past, and now you're forcing this upon him. I don't like it. Don't like it at all. I, I wish we could just get him off this roster. I, it, whatever it is we needed to trade him for, I wish we could get him off this roster. Don't like it. Although, Steve, I think the reason that we have this problem is because Jimenez ended up playing so well 
and we were not expecting that. So, well, yeah, imagine that we don't expect anybody under the age of 27 <laughs> to play well, but maybe we should give that a shot every once in a while. Ugh. Fair point. Okay. All right. Uh, on to the next one. I think that wraps up everything about the tribe. Let us know what questions you have. We're really excited about this upcoming season. Um, we wanted to spend a few seconds here as we close up on the major league baseball as a whole, kind of what we, what we see happening. So, you know, I'll admit outside of the Indians, I follow my tribe very close. I admit I know very little, so I'm going to hand it over to you two to kind of handle this segment. So let's look at some big, big hitter, big topic items. Uh, Let's first start with Cy Young. We're going to go both leagues here. Matt, who do you see as your Cy Young winners this year? All right, so last year, this is a huge name. Signed a massive contract with the New York Yankees, Garrett Cole, coming from Houston. Uh, Our boy Shane Bieber outshadowed him last year, and he um, didn't do as well as Biebs did, but I think this year he has a solid year. Definitely. Cy Young candidate uh, potential, and I think he grabs the Cy Young. Now, I still want it to be Biebs, but I'm going to call Garrett Cole in the AL. And I'll throw my NL out there. It will be Walker Bueller. He's on the uh, your World Series champs, the Dodgers. He's a beast. Solid pitcher. He's still only 26 years old, and uh, the dude is awesome. So I think he has another solid season and pulls out the MVP, uh, the NL Cy Young. You think he does better than uh, his buddy Clayton Kershaw? I think Kershaw doesn't pitch an entire season. So once again, Kershaw isn't a Cy Young candidate because he can't stay healthy, sadly as it is. Fair enough. All right. uh, My choices uh, with the American League, um, I'm going to go with Lucas Giolito. Um, He came in with the Nationals, and the Nationals had such high – uh, thoughts and prospect for him thinking he was going to be the next Steven Strasburg, but a healthier version. And uh, they ended up trading him to the White Sox and he was disappointed with the White Sox the last two years. Um, but towards the end of last year, he really turned it on. And I really think that the White Sox are going to be a force to be reckoned with in this uh, American league. Um, Eloy Jimenez going out for the probable year is not going to help them by any means. Um, but I think Giolito is going to have a fantastic year, and I think he's going to be um, the winner for the American League. I think the American League has got a lot of talent um, with Bieber, with Garrett Cole, um, and you never know who Houston's going to pump out, but I think Giolito's going to take it. As far as the National League, um, last year's runaway, I think he's going to do it again, Trevor Bauer, um, another guy out there in L.A. Um, you know They've got a, a pretty good pitching staff out there, but – uh, he's really proven himself. Uh, he pitched very well with us into candidacy um, for the Cy Young. And then obviously he ran away with it last year. And I think he's going to do very well again this coming season and win a, a back-to-back Cy Young. Just a bit of a nut job, but okay. All right. Good calls, guys. All right. MVP. Let's move on to that one. Uh, Matt, who do you have for MVP? So over in the AL, I actually think uh, our odds-on favorite is obviously Mike Trout, but I think his new teammate, Anthony Rendon, is going to have a breakout season this year. He crushed it when he was on the Nationals. Uh, 
40 home runs in the past three years when he was there before he came to uh, the Angels last season. Over 100 RBIs past couple of years. So he's solid. I think he's going to have a great year, breakout year, and I think he's going to take the AL MVP. Over in the NL, Washington's got a budding superstar, Juan Soto. Left fielder, left-handed hitter. He is just fun to watch. He's one of the young guys who's going to be a superstar in this league, and I think he takes a step forward. Uh, maybe not an AL uh, uh, MVP this year, but I think he's got the potential to do it, so I'm going to call it for the NL MVP, Juan Soto. And that's a really good pick to uh, Juan Soto. They're talking a lot about him being maybe the greatest baseball player to ever play the game. So, um, but He's that incredible. being said, uh, my AL candidate is the aforementioned who you mentioned first off, Matt was Mike Trout. Um, another guy who they say might be the greatest player in the game right now. Um, he just, he hits the ball for contact. He hits the ball for power. He can steal bases. He's a fantastic outfielder. I mean, the guy is just all around really, really good at baseball. Um, you know, we always joke around in, in our group chat about that guy's good at football. That guy's good at this. Mike Trout is good at baseball. And I think he's going to win the MVP this year. Uh, it'll be his fourth one. Uh, he won in 2012 and then two years in two years later in 2014. And so he won it in 2019. So two years later, I think he wins it in 2021. Uh, as far as the National League, uh, Soto, like I said, very good pick. Um, but another guy who's right there with him is Ronald Acuna Jr. out of Atlanta. And um, I just think that he's going to take Atlanta to another level this year. They've increased their play um, each of the last two years. And I think he's going to move them up again Another notch this year, uh, getting closer to the obvious candidate of MVP of Tatis and the Padres. Uh, but I think Acuna takes it for the National League. Okay, sounds good. Uh, all right, let's move on to some youth. Something the Indians are resistant to do, but youth, rookie of the year. Who do we see, fellas? All right, so over in the AL. If you watched the World Series last year, which not many people did, it was the lowest ratings in maybe forever since they've started keeping ratings. But if you did watch it, you saw a guy in Tampa Bay named Randy Rosarina who crushed it, had a great World Series. He was on St. Louis, traded him to the Rays last year, and really just blew up in the playoffs and especially the World Series. So I think he takes off from there for the Rays. He's an outfielder, and I think he's a solid player who could be the rookie of the year this year. Over in the NL, I just love this guy's name, Sixto Sanchez. He's a pitcher on the Marlins and young, very young guy, uh, a lot of potential. Only had a couple starts last year, play, only played in seven games, but he's got a ton of potential, and I love the name. Yeah, good picks on that one. Both teams with very good farm systems and a lot of youth to watch uh, moving forward into the future. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, for the American League, Andrew Vaughn. So this kid uh, is a first baseman, but obviously the White Sox have uh, um, Jose Abreu there. Jose Abreu, sorry. And he's uh, an MVP candidate every year. Uh, so they're not going to move him out. So what the White Sox do that the Indians don't do is they find spots for their youth to play. So Andrew Vaughn is going to be their DH um, and he has a he has the potential for 
30 home runs a year, 100 plus RBIs, 300 plus uh, batting average. He is supposed to be legit. So if he ends up playing all year, um, again, a team in the White Sox that I think is going to be very good this year. Um, I'm going to move him into the Rookie of the Year candidacy for the American League. And then the um, National League, I'm going to go with uh, Cabrian Hayes. And right now, he's the odds-on favorite to win the National League. Wait, wait. Did you sneeze? Did you say Brian Hayes? Cabrian Hayes. So um, he's the the top prospect for the uh, Pirates. He'll be a third baseman for them. Um, He's got phenomenal power. He's going to hit for average. Um, he's going to be the third baseman that they've been looking for for a while in in Pittsburgh. So Pittsburgh might not be a very good team, um, but he's going to be a very good prospect for them, and he's going to do very well uh, this year for them, and I think he's going to win the National League Rookie of the Year. Okay, sounds good. You guys are educating me. I like it. All right, on to the final World Series matchup. We're holding you to this. A uh, big bet on the line. World Series matchup. Matt, who you got? Well, I don't want my AL team to make the World Series. I just am predicting them since it's the Yankees, but I don't want to see them in the World Series, so I don't want you holding me to this. But I'm going to say the Yankees, and over in the NL, the Padres are making moves. The Dodgers are still the team to beat, but I think the Padres have made so many moves that they overcome the Dodgers, get to the World Series. And if it's the Yankees and the Padres in the World Series – I'm rooting Padres all the way. All right. Yeah, and uh, I like that Padres pick. Um, they really have bolstered up their uh, starting rotation. Their offense obviously is very good with Tatis and Machado, Eric Cosmer, and a few other guys. Um, they're in it to win it the way they've been spending money and going after free agents and trades, uh, picking up Hugh Darvish, picking up Blake Snell. So they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with in the National League, and I think they're going to they're going to overtake the Dodgers and win it. The American League, um, I don't think the Yankees are actually going to win the division. I'm going to pick another team from the AL East and Toronto. Um, so they've got some good young uh, youth uh, on their offense. They've got Vlad Guerrero's son. They've got uh, Craig Biggio's son. They got Dante Bichette's son. So they've got a, a lot of good youth on their offense, and they've worked on building their staff, uh, their pitching staff, and their bullpen. So I think that the Blue Jays are going to take it for the American League. It'll be the Blue Jays versus the San Diego Padres in a a barn burner of a World Series of, of viewership. All right. Fair enough. Good picks, gentlemen. All right, that wraps up our show today. Thanks for listening. Like I said, I am so excited about baseball. So we are just a week away. I have my first tickets locked in. We'd love to hear from all of you about when you are going to a tribe game. Uh, For all of my former Clevelanders, anybody needs a place to stay, you have a place to stay. Just let me know and we will get you to a game. I'm on my way. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, bring, bring your girlfriend because my kids will want to see her. Uh, we'll do. All right. Sounds good. Thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. Hey. I've been around the block a couple times before. 
I've seen everything, I've seen a little more I've done everything anyone could ever do I've had my share of towns, and I've had my ups too 